When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My mother used to say, if you work hard, you should play hard. Well, then I should never stop playing because all I do is work. Welcome to Ladies First with Laura Brown. I'm Laura Brown, editor-in-chief of InStyle magazine. And each week, I'm talking to a legendary lady about what she does, how she does it, and what we can learn from her. It's been 17 years since Jennifer Hudson came to fame on American Idol. And now, of course, she's playing Aretha Franklin. There is literally nothing this girl can't do. Guess what, Jennifer Hudson? What? Welcome to Ladies First. Why, thank you. And not only are you an esteemed podcast guest, you are on the cover of our August Badass Women issue. Because guess what? What? You are. What do you even do when you win an Oscar at 25? I'm still in awe of it. Like, it's on my award wall downstairs. And every now and then I go down and it's like, and I look and I'll be like, I got an Oscar. Do you polish it? No, but I don't mind people, like some people don't like you to touch their Oscars. I don't mind at all. I'll be like, you want to touch it? Most people like to come in and hold it and take a picture, give an acceptance speech, and I'll stand there and video them while they do it. And then it's interesting to see what people gravitate to. Most people want to pick up and touch the Oscar, but some people will say, I want to hold the Grammy. And I'll be like, that's interesting. Only the Jayhard wall has award options. How big is your award wall? Let me tell you the story. I was living in an apartment on Hudson, one museum park in Chicago downtown. And I was putting up all my awards on the wall there. And I promise you, God spoke to me and said, you need more wall space. So when I moved here, I created a whole wall for my awards. And I was putting them up and I didn't have enough room. And I said, I need more wall space. This was years later. And I was like, oh, my God. That's what God meant. So some of my awards is on my floor inside of my dream closet, which is upstairs. I've seen that. Well, because we did that Zoom in there, remember? And you had Dolce Gabbana everywhere. Do you understand how much of it, how much of a dream it is to share my closet with someone like you? I was honored to have access to one dream closet because I know what it's like. Well, actually, I don't have a dream closet because I live in freaking New York City. So anyway, you know what I did on the way down here? I watched your American Idol audition. Really? When I had the big hair? When you had the big hair and the big voice, before you even sang, you had this quiet confidence. And people don't, I think, associate that with you. But you were kind of obviously young and sort of like, yeah, I'm going to do it. But it wasn't swaggery. It wasn't nervous. You just came in when I'm just going to go do this now. Like you were talking to someone on the street. And then you belted. But you remember, like, I mean... Obviously, you were nervous, but cast your mind back to walking into that room. Wow. I was 22. I set a goal in my mind. And my goal was to have Simon say, you're the best singer we've heard. He did, but they didn't put it on camera. But I heard him. (laughs) So Randy said it on camera. And so I knew what my goal was when I walked into that room. And nothing was going to deter me from what my goal was. And so it's like, no, I've been doing this for quite some time. You just give me the opportunity, honey, and I will make it work. It's my faith. 
And it's looked at as confidence. I have that much faith in God. It's not, it's not presence. I mean, you have a presence, obviously. You're a huge star. That's not the point. But it's like just sort of a solidity. And I guess that's what you're saying your faith gives you. Definitely. And I always think if God placed me there, I have no choice but to be prepared. Well, if I'm here, I'm a, I, I must be prepared. So Jennifer, get to work. When did you first realize that you could silence a room with your voice? I was a little girl and I knew my passion was singing. And I come from a host of singing relatives and talk about big personalities, honey. Okay. In this family, okay, don't do not think about the women in my family. Baby, you have to have a personality. You have to have a presence. That's all we know. And imagine growing up around that. But I was at my great-grandmother's 90th birthday party. And all the kids got to sing a song, do whatever they want to do. And I wanted to sing. And when I got up to sing, everybody laughed. They was like, she can't sing. And I closed my eyes. The last thing I saw was everyone laughing at me. And when I finished the song, I looked up and it was a full on standing ovation. And it shocked me. And I was like, whoa, because before I closed my eyes, they were laughing. And by the time I finished singing, those same people that was laughing were standing up like, oh, my God. How old were you then? I was about 11, maybe. Then when you left that room, how did you feel? You know, that, that brings me to another story. When I was seven years old. In class, you know how your teacher asks you, write a, 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 a report and say, who do you want to be when you grow up? I remember my mother telling me, my teacher told her, like, this little girl knows exactly who she is and what she wants to do and who she's going to be. And I wrote, I'm going to be rich and famous and I'm going to be a singer. And so my family has always grown to know, like, if Jennifer say it, it's so. And then when I was... It was like my 28th, 29th birthday. I threw this huge birthday bash and everybody had to wear these big hats and it was a gospel musical celebration. And so my cousins came to my apartment after that birthday and they said, so if you did all of this for your 29th birthday, well, what you going to do for your 30th? And I said, I'm going to buy my mansion. Do you know I moved into it right after my 30th birthday? I'm sitting in it talking to you right now. What were you ambitious for? Obviously, yeah. Look, if you grow, you know, if you grow up without a whole lot of money, of course you want money. But like, what were you like? I want to like be on a stage first, or did it all come together? Like, I am, I am going to be rich and famous and sing. You know what? I, I don't really know the answer to that. It was just like this passion in me, and it was more about the love for it than accolades or doing it for any other reason other than because I love to do it. And I always knew, you know, my gifts would make room for me. And everything I've done, I did it for the experience. So I could look back and say, I did what I love to do. And that's a sign of a great life when your passion can lead you through your life. You know what I mean? Somebody who has a, has a gift like you do could just be very much in, uh, hugely entitled. But you've always had a real sense of, of solidity and decency in anything you do. And does that come from just sheer appreciation? First of all, church taught me that. As soon as you put yourself first, honey, everything goes out the window. It is not me, it is God, first of all. And I always say my words mount on my wall. They don't amount to who I am at all. I don't think any of us ever really get used to having those things. You know what I mean? Like, I've worked for 
every single thing that I have. So I don't take anything lightly. I remember when I used to charge $25 a song, you know what I mean? So, and I treat everything the same. I don't care if I'm singing for the, the school assembly down the street or at the White House. You know what I mean? No, I'm simply doing what I love. And that's what it's about for me. And anything else that come along with it is a bonus. Now you charge 50 a song. I mean, their rate has gone up. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. How often, uh, how often do you go to church? Do you go to church every Sunday if you're in town? When I can, yeah, but obviously we haven't been able to, but yes. What's a typical day for you, especially your mom? So like how much rest do you need? How much care do you take of your own energies when you are having to promo and belt it and all the rest of it? So I'm, as you're asking this question, I'm like, okay, does she mean day-to-day at home? Or do you mean when I'm what I call Little Miss Celebrity when I'm working? Oh, yeah, Little Miss Celebrity. When both worlds are blended, I call it double duty. Like some days, especially since we've been working from home a lot since the pandemic, like it's days, okay, my son has to get up for school. That still has to happen because at the end of the day, I'm mommy. You know what I mean? I still have to look after my kid. It depends what role I'm playing because here here at J-Hub Productions, honey, we do everything. So <laughs> we're humanitarians. I'm a singer. I'm a actress, a spokesperson, many things. So it's many hats. And at times I don't know like, okay, who am I today? Who am I speaking to? Where am I going? I like to make sure like whatever I'm wearing is interchangeable because once I hit the ground running, I don't stop. We sleep when we can. My saying is at J-Hub Productions, we don't eat nor we don't sleep. And people think I'm joking. And they be like, honey, it's five o'clock. We haven't eaten. And I'm like, oh, you forgot you was with me. It's like the adrenaline carries me. So like when I have a lot to do, my mind is already thinking of that next thing. And I'm the type, I can't sleep until my work is done. Like if I'm learning a song and I don't know it all, if I fall asleep, I will wake up in the middle of the night like, what's that note? So I have to get the work done in order to be able to rest. Do you ever get overwhelmed though? Like some days when it's like, you've got one hour, you've got to turn right, turn left, put on this sparkle, strong shoulder, you know, go off and do an X and Y. Well, how do you manage that? That's when I have to bring it back to the reality. And I always say, it's a song. It's not like we're giving surgery. All I'm doing is singing a song. Everybody calm down. Jennifer, calm down and bring myself back. As I call it, allow my feet to touch the floor and the reality of it all. Like, okay, this, why are we freaking out? It's just the conversation. Why? There's just people. They just want a picture. You only singing a song. You ain't saving a life. Calm down. I actually think if I had surgery, I'd like to hear you sing. Maybe you could work on a side hustle. Jayhard surgery songs. You want me to sing? Yeah, that's not coming. <laughs> but I could sing, you know, sweet lullabies. Oh, also, let me say, share this with you. To answer the question about my life, when I'm working, I have majority of the time about 10, 20 people talking to me at one time. But when I come home, it's like an on and off switch. It's so silent. It's so quiet. It's so still. All I need is my cat, McCavity and Grizabella, and my two dogs and my child. And it is the most quiet, peaceful place. But you would think it's like ruckus all the time. And it's like, not like subtle things. Yeah, it's funny because there's this thing I get with you and there's a picture of it we talk about that I use as an inspiration for your shoot, which is you sitting at home, I think. And you're, like, you're looking at something and you're reading something and you think, but there's a quietness to it. And that day was a double duty day. I was 
rehearsing a song with my new MD, but I had just dropped my son off at basketball practice. And I'm like, look, I got 45 minutes for this rehearsal and I got to run back out. This is all pick up my child, come back home, you know? <laughs> badass, badasses have, have balance. But I'm curious, what does the word badass mean to you? I like that word. And I feel like you you gave it to me. I said, oh, I never thought for myself that way. And then it's like, I guess it is kind of badass. I think... It just represents strength and certainty to me, you know, and fierceness and the opposite of wanting to be everything people want you to be, but knowing it's okay to be whatever you are and no apology for it. It's like, it is what it is. And then being able to be prepared to face whatever, whenever, and still be planted. It it represents so many things to me, but I love that, that name. And I never thought of it. And it's like, I guess that is kind of badass. Oh my God. Come on. (laughs) You're freaking singing, you're singing in the living, you're in the church, you're, you're blowing everyone away. You get on American Idol, you blow everyone away. You go in the movies, you blow everyone away. You go on the awards stage, you blow everyone away. For me, it's like, well, I've always done this. It reminds me of of, of growing up in church or or even coming off of American Idol versus Dreamgirls. When I was on Idol, it's like, oh, you're a contestant, vying, trying to get in a certain position and spot. And then fast forward two years later, oh my God, I love her. I was like, wait a minute, hold on. I'm the same girl from that was just eliminated there. And it's like, well, well what's the difference? This is what I've always done. This is who I, I've always been. So when when things or even when I speak to people, like I like to think I'm a person person and I, I talk to everyone. And sometimes I'm like, oh right, to them, I'm Jennifer Hudson. To me, I'm a human being talk to another human being. You're an archetype too. It's like you're a symbol of something and you just want to go, it's okay, I'm in here and I, you know. Yeah, I'm just trying to have a conversation with hi. Question, how ambitious are you, given how much you've achieved already? But ambition can go into many different realms. Ooh, I feel like that's broad. How ambitious am I? Why don't, why is that confusing me? Um, well, just what do you, what else do you want to achieve? Because you're not even 40 yet. No, I'm not. I will be soon. I <laughs> uh, I'm holding on to my last little 39. <laughs> How ambitious am I? To the point that I feel like, I don't want to say I'm afraid of anything, but I love a challenge. everyone. I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to Ladies First with me, Laura Brown. I'm chatting with Jennifer Hudson, who will probably break into song and certainly blow the roof off. Now, respect the film. Tell me the original time. I mean, this has been around for a, a, a while, right? From the very, when was the very first conversation you had about it? Somehow, normally, whatever I think or say eventually ends up manifesting. 
in some way to set this up when I did Dream Girls, right? And on the red carpet, they're like, this is your first film. And look at what you've done in your first film. What can you do to possibly, you know, type a question? Imagine someone asking you that on your first film. Well, honey, I just got started, you know? And I was like, well, the only thing I can imagine that I would want to do or that could be anywhere near this would be to play Aretha Franklin. Fast forward from there, this was before I won the Oscar, but probably right during the campaign. All of a sudden, Aretha Franklin wants to meet me. What year was that? This was right after I won the Oscar. So it had to be like 2006 at this point. So we had a meeting in New York City about me playing her. I forgot what hotel it was, but we were in the lobby of the hotel and the restaurant because she was like, you're not going to eat? You're shy? And I was like, well, I am talking to <laughs> I mean, the queen of soul, Miss Aretha Franklin. And so we had, that was 15 years ago. Were you awkward at first or you just kind of go? Apparently so, because she told me that I was. And she was like, what, you're shy? I go, I'm like, but what? I mean, you are Aretha Franklin. <laughs> I mean, I mean who, who, I, I, this is at the beginning of my career. I wasn't, I, w- I was just like, okay, wait, how did I get here? What's happening? Did you feel, what did you feel about you immediately registered with her? I was trying to like calm myself. Remember you said like, how do you, you know, deal with all these things? So I call it Jenniferizing. I was like, okay, I'm gonna try to Jenniferize Aretha. And so I was like, well, you do know like, okay. So when we're in Dream Girls, when I do the lick, oh, and move. I was like, that was my tribute to you. She said, oh, I know you can't do Miss Franklin without Miss Franklin on it. And I was like, oh my God. So she knew, she knew like, oh no, you got that for me. I know that you can't do Aretha without Aretha Norton. <laughs> Imagine that. And I'm like, okay, um, yes, ma'am. The other thing was, um, it's so bizarre. So when Idea Idol, Someone wrote an article saying that I should be Effie White in Dreamgirls. And then when I did Dreamgirls, it's an article out there that says I was reminiscent of a young Aretha Franklin. So that was another thing. And then, at least so happened, my audition songs for America Idol was Aretha songs. She did a concert in Maryville, Indiana. And I was like, oh, my God, I would love to open up for that. And apparently she didn't allow singers, too many singers to open up her shows. But she said that I could. And I got to open up her show in Maryville, Indiana. So it was a lot of run-ins. And and then I got to tribute her for my 30th birthday, which is how I marked my 30th birthday. Because I I was here in Chicago and I was asked to sing for her. And they was like, she wants you to tribute her again. And I was like, okay, anytime, Marita, of course I'm going to do it. And then they was like, but it's September 12th. And I was like, hold on. I was like, that's my birthday. And then I was like, hold on. Of course I would do it because what better way to mark my 30th birthday than to say I sang for the Queen of Soul? Who ain't going to take that opportunity? (laughs) I mean, everybody does that on their 30th. You know, so I will never forget what I did on my 30th birthday. You shot the film in 2019? We finished in a nick of time. Soon as we wrapped, that's when everything shut down. Oh, that's Aretha. What were you most confident and least confident in uh, in that role? Oh, that's a good question. First of all, the whole thing is daunting. It's, even still to this day, I'm like, Lord, what? 
Oh, what did I do? Who could ever follow in of any footsteps like that? So that's scary. But all of it, that's what I would call ambition or bravery, whatever, faith. Those are the things that carry me in moments like this. Like, okay, now how am I walk this tightrope? But the confidence is in the fact that she said, Jennifer, I want you to play me. And I remember when she called me to say that. And it's like, uh, well, ma'am, if you think I can, I, I, I won't give it a try. <laughs> and I think what I see with, with her, and I think your anecdotes back it up, what she had is, is supreme ownership. And ownership, you know, uh, with, with a woman who obviously was not a white lady growing up in the 40s, 50s, 60s, did not necessarily have all of these assumptions and couldn't glide around like so many could, but she just knew. She just knew. It's just amazing. But like, that's when you just, you're just like, this is my core of myself. When did you first feel ownership over your skills performatively or in this film? Like, you knew you had talent, obviously. But when did you sort of feel like your shoulders square? And were you like, yeah, okay, I've got Jay Hart. I've got a little bit of celebrity. I've got, but just that sort of like, I own my abilities and I own how I do my business and I own my taste I own my choices. Do you remember a particular time? Well, one, being being realistic with myself in that way. Everything is still a lesson because people automatically assume when you've done that, when you start out, that you're going to come in and know everything. Nope. I am a student. I am here to learn. I am human. Teach me. Walk me through this. I like to put that out. I'm a human being first, you know, and get that out the way. And then that way you give yourself room, I think. I think it's a mistake to walk in like, I got this. Y'all can't tell me nothing. No, that's not the J-Hood Productions way at all. Let's be clear. Especially walking into something like that. You'll be a fool to walk in that way. So to open yourself up for those that are there to help you, to help you. And I respect everybody in their field. Question, because there's so much presentation in what you do, you know, whether you're literally on a stage or whatever. How... How vain are you? How much do you have to think about how you look? Because you're always so visible. You know what? Long as the I keep the base in contact, I'm fine. I'm not afraid of naturalness or real things. Even while we were filming, it was a scene where they said they wanted me to have my hair all over my head. Okay. I walked in straight out the car from the house, just like that, to the point the director was like, um, hold on. you sure you want to go on camera like this? I said, you want it real, right? We all human. We all go through this. So I'm not afraid of that. I like real things. I like raw things. What you going to do? What, fire me? No. I guess that's the badass in me. What you going to do? Other than respect it. You know what? Do that again. Which Say part? What, what you going to do? do? Fire me? Fire me? <laughs> I don't think so. So, and I like to look at both sides. So say if I did go out the way I don't want to be seen. Well, what's the worst that's going to happen? Okay, I've been through worse. So what? Or the best thing, like, really think of the reality of stuff. Like, it's not that big of a deal, y'all. Knock it off. <laughs> like, knock it off. <laughs> okay, tell me about uh, what are you going to do for your 40th? Everyone keeps asking me that question. What would you want to do if you were like eight years old? Like, What would your baby self want to do for your 40th birthday? All I want to do, because uh, I'm so grateful. 
to be where I am, to still be able to do what I love. I want to dream up new dreams. I do. But I just want to live my absolute best life for me. And I think, I think I'm going to be the happiest I've ever been. And then my mother used to say, if you work hard, you should play hard. Well, then I should never stop playing because all I do is work. So that's what Jennifer want to do at 40. Okay, we do this thing called 10 firsts. It's like 10 cheeky questions. Are you ready? I think so. Let's see. I'm trying to start my car. Okay. So I always do that. And I'm like, it's like starting up a car in the wintertime. And you got, that's how I call starting my car. What sort of car is your voice? Well, no, it's a train. We call it the freight train. That's the nickname for it. The freight train. (laughs) And before you start singing, the things are going ding, 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 (laughs) ding. And the things come down and all the traffic has to stop because you're about to sing. I love this. I can continue on with this analogy. Okay, you ready? Yep. Number one, first drink you order. Well, I don't drink. So I like Crystal Light with sparkling water and I make my own drink. That is so wholesome. That's probably better fuel for your car. Exactly. Yes, ma'am. First song you performed professionally. First song I performed professionally. Oh, okay. First song that you remember, but maybe it was the 11 year old song, but like first song that you owned. I don't know why this comes to my circle of life from Disney or Weekend in New England from Barry Manilow. Okay, I'm going to go with Circle of Life because I was a cruise ship singer. So I was Calliope, the head muse, Disney. We are the muses, goddesses of the arts, proclaimers of heroes. That was me on the Disney cruise ship. And I also was a Circle of Life soloist. And then when I went to Idol, I ended up singing it with Elton John himself on... Okay, Hang on, can you give me a little bit of Circle of Life? <clears throat> I ain't saying this song in years. Just chorus. Just three words. The Circle of Life and it moves us up in the circle, the circle of life. I think my mic. You just blew me out of my chair. That's the freight train I told you, but I don't know if I was in the right key. I ain't seen that in years. It's a cool story. Everything got a story to it because everything in my life is full circle. But that was my job on the Disney cruise line. Now I'm a godmother of the Disney dream ship because they say I'm a real life princess because I came from this. And then after I got off the ship, I went to Atlanta to go audition for American Idol, ended up on American Idol only to end up singing Circle of Life with Elton John himself. And he played it for me. And he said, that girl, that voice, she's the one. And you know what that is? You know what this whole story represents? You want to know what that is? What? It's a circle of life. You said a mighty thing, young lady. But it always happens like that way in my life. That's why everything got a story and I never shut up because I'd be like, okay, well, there's a story. <laughs> and then it reminds me of just how old I didn't get. Okay. First person you call. Walter, boss man. And my son. It's either Walter or my son. Or maybe you could switch it up one day and call your son and say, I need some professional advice. No, for real. He already gives professional advice. That little boy is something. What's advice he's given you that you've taken on? Oh, my God. Every day he has something. He comes up with amazing ideas. He always encourages me to be me or he'll let me know when I'm not. He like, that's not you. You need to do you. And there's so many times he didn't put me in my place. One of the mornings I had to get up to take him to school. You go, 
You gonna wear that? To take me to school? No, no, no. And you call yourself Jennifer Hudson? Don't you do that. <laughs> he's like your hype man. He's your hype man. What is he living? He's 11 and he's 11? now officially a seventh grader. As of yesterday. He's such a little man and the sweetest thing in the world. Everyone needs one. Okay. What would make you laugh as a kid? Or now? What makes me laugh? I love people watching. I love characters. I think it's the actress in me. I'm not a jokester because I don't really play games. Because I'm busy. I'm a boss, you know. And I stay working. So I'd be like, mm-mm. I'm here to work. I ain't here to play. <laughs> but I'm playful. Okay, you ready? First fashion splurge. Oh, that's every day, all day. The first one. Well, the first thing where you were like, oh, I got a bit of money. Or even if you didn't. See, see, I'm about to call Walter and say, Walter, what was my first fashion splurge? But I'm a shoe girl. So I love shoes. I'm sure it was some type of sh- shoe. Was it like a super high heel? Or jewelry, because I'm a jewelry girl, too. I love rings. It had to... Rings. I had a J-Hood ring. Plate made across from my hand. When did you get that made? It's still in my closet. Like, soon as they started calling me J-Hood, and soon as J-Hood had enough money to buy whatever she wanted. No, no. Let me go back. Jenny Kate. This hand said Jenny, and this hand said Kate, because, like, the world calls me J-Hood now. In high school, it was Jenny Kate. Because my name is Jennifer Kate Hudson. So I had a ring plate going across this hand that said Jenny. And the ring plate going across this hand that said Kate. I have the J Hoods in the closet, but I don't have the, the J- Jenny Kate anymore. Okay. First time you owned your shit. What type of shit? Professional shit, ownership shit. I can't remember a time when I didn't. Like, you know what? I think what molded me is when I I was really young I had sang for a prayer service at church on a Saturday I will never in my life forget this and I still my heart still hurts for this to this day and this some people came and they heard me sing and they wanted me to sing at their wedding but I was too afraid to do it and I set it up to do it they made plans and the day came and I, I, I copped out of it and I felt so I was too nervous. I felt bad and I didn't do it. After that, I made a pat to myself. I said, if you say something, it is done. Don't you ever, ever say you're going to do something and not do it. That moment, ever since then. No second guessing. First date. Girl, that was so long ago. I only remember. And I, I, don't, get, I don't date much, to be honest. What was my first date? It was probably when I was a kid. Like in high school or something. I ain't gonna lie, I don't remember. <laughs> you go to the movies or whatever. Yeah, I yeah, think I it guess- was the movies. But see, we moved as a family. So you won't go anywhere without family being present. So I don't know how much of a date that would have been considered. You know, like is it really a date and my whole family is here? You know what I mean? My mom didn't play any of that. And she was like, yes, hello, young man. We are all going. Everyone. And I guess, yeah, dating right now must be a bit. And then that part. Of extracurricular. How does J-Hud Productions go on a date? It's weird. So, I, and I'm all about comfort. And not everyone knows how to handle your situation. When I am around people, they forget everything that I come with. And so it's like, let's go. And it's like, uh, I, I can't just do that. 
Like it doesn't work that way, you know? So it takes a special type of person or that has a certain understanding to be able to feel comfortable to be even able to go out with anyone. I think it's a deep confidence and a deep understanding of a person's real self to not get your head turned by all of that other stuff, not get afraid of all that other stuff, intimidated by all that other stuff. You know, it's it's pretty rare in so many situations, let alone when you're as known as you are. I, I get it. I get it, my friend. Okay, first thing you turn on TV. Um, well, I do have an 11-year-old, so we watch things he loves to watch for the most part. But when I do get to watch television, well, we like a lot of the similar things. Uh, right now, we like Wilding Out. So we watch that. I know it, I don't know if it's pre-taped stuff, but my good show is Family Feud. Really? Do you enjoy a feuding family? All day <laughs> long. I love that show, the game show. I've even had it recreated um, at my son's parties. We do the board game. It's my favorite thing. What else do I like right now? I just like watching all the streaming services, but YouTube, because I feel like I can look at any concert. It's always musical for me. Your audition has like 20 million views or something because I YouTube your idol audition, 20 something million. That's the population of Australia. I love Australia, by the way. Oh, they love you there too. First thing you do or eat if you're stressed out? Chocolate. That is my cigarettes. That is my, like, reliever. So I'll, I don't drink, I don't smoke. So I'll be like, I need a cigarette. That's what that means. Go get the chocolate. And next, the gum. First car you bought? It was a Riviera. I bought it after I came off of American Idol, and I got it from a car auction, and I paid $7,000 for it. It was white. Two-door. What sort of car do you have now? I have King Kong, which is my Bentley which is a matte black, silk matte black. I only drive cars that are black and they have to be matted. And then I have my BMW, which I call Grizzabella, that I've had for over 10 years. I've, it only got about a thousand or two miles on it because I drive up one street and it is matte black also. I love cars. I'm a car girl. So I like cars, which is badass because every car I've had, people always think it's my boyfriend's car, my brother's car. And they'd be like, no, that's her car. So you're going to think it's a guy get out and then it's the girl in pink and diamonds and nails. When you said one day I'm going to be rich and famous and one day I'm going to have a mansion, did you go one day I'm going to have a Bentley? Yes. I do a lot of stuff in my mind. I would be like, I'm getting a Bentley this year. And I'll go through the motions and don't do it. So last year we were on a plane. I was like, when we get off this plane, we're going to get the Bentley. And we did. Yes. So now it's finally here. It's finally here. It's matte and black. And you get out and you wear pink and diamonds whenever you want. And it's called King Kong. Because when I was a kid, King Kong was the love of my life. And I used to kiss the TV screen. That's how much I love him. Okay, last question. It's not really a first. What do you think your parents would be most proud of? My mom, I found the letter from her a few years ago. And she said... I'm so proud of you, not because of who you are and all your achievements, but because of the human being that you are and the person that you are. And that is what I'm most proud of. Now, my father, he was different, but I think he would be proud of, he used to always tell my other siblings, because my father had 27 children, and he used to tell them, like, you know, y'all have a sister that can really sing. You're just a good, great soul. It is talent. It is drive. But it is it's decency and, and humanity and ability and care and passion and confidence and ownership. 
and a million more things. I think it's what younger people can see something in you that they can achieve in some way. There's just something in you that that core that is one in a million. Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been Ladies First with Laura Brown. We can be found wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to our production team at Pod People, Rachel King, Matt Savaris, Danielle Roth, Anne Ford, Anne Kane, and Erica Wong. And thanks to Brian Anstey, Molly Stout, and Haley Mason at InStyle. You can find out more at InStyle.com. Find us on Instagram at InStyle Magazine, on Twitter at InStyle, and you can find me on Insta and Twitter at LauraBrown99.